Today, we're interviewing Marianne, who owns Gracefully Wrapped. Marianne is a jewelry maker, but her company offers people so much more than jewelry. They also offer hope. So sit back and listen to her story, and we will learn more about Marianne and Gracefully Wrapped. Hello. So we're going to talk to you about your business, Marianne. And let's start with what business do you own and tell me a little bit about it. Sure. So I own Gracefully Wrapped. It's a faith-based jewelry company. And we use pressed flowers and mustard seeds and all different things just to be able to connect that faith base. And so my biggest thing is when when we're looking at different flowers, kind of the meanings behind them and how they connect with scripture and how the Lord has made things perfect already. And we're just able to take that and and use it. I don't have to really do much to manipulate the flowers because they're already made just how he wants them to be. Sure. They're already perfect. Yeah. So you're just bringing that out, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's start with some of your background. So you're married, you have children. Tell us about, Mm -hmm. about your life that way. So my husband and I are going on 10 years of marriage, um, in May and we have, uh, our oldest is seven Jacob and he is very intellectual, very loves Legoing, all the typical boy things. And then to get, once I get him outside, he's very happy to be out there as well. But mostly Mm -hmm. he's, he likes to read books and build and very, very intellectual. Um, my, my daughter's Grayson and she is five years old going on six seems to be going on 30 half the time (laughs) because she's just a little mama. And then our son, our youngest is, Almost two. He'll be two uh, March 18th, actually. So, okay, so coming up here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's, um, it's an adventure. It's definitely an adventure. Mm-hmm. And we started homeschooling this year. We had the nudge to do that, like, pre-pandemic. But that just kind of threw us into it a little bit prematurely, which was fine. It was just kind of the confirmation we needed that that's what we were supposed to be doing. It's It's gone really well. It, it's a challenge especially because I work from home and kind of also made me open up my eyes a little bit to just understand my kids on a different level, just mm-hmm. to connect with them completely differently as well. So yeah, it's, it's fun. We have a good time. My husband's my best friend. So, I mean, we've known each other longer than we haven't mm-hmm. <laughs> and we just have grown together and our family's grown together and it's been really great to just have him as partner in life. So now does he work yeah. from home right now or is he, he away? He doesn't. He was working from home because he works for um, Worcester City Schools. Okay. And he does educational technology. Okay. So he, when everything hit, was like, they're the go-to people, especially with everything going online and sure. getting everything up and running. So he was very, very, very busy, but he did a, a lot of work from home when everything first happened. And then now he's back full-time at school and it's been, it's been good. They're tra- they're starting to transition back now. So, so when you started your business, did you start that before kids or after kids? It was during kids. Okay. So was <laughs> yeah. that always the plan to have a business or was there a, did it kind of fall into your, like fall into where it made sense to do or how did that come about? So my brother, oh, I have to backtrack because this is just like a huge It's just a big life thing. So I was working at my brother's restaurant at the time. He owned Oak Grove Eatery before it turned into Sure House Coffee. And I was making just wrap bracelets. I had made wrap bracelets forever. 
like ever since I was a teenager and I just made them. And I had quite a few people notice that I was serving, that I was wearing and they're like, oh my goodness, where'd you get that or whatever? And I was like, well, I actually made them, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And so it kind of started off as this little side hustle of making rep bracelets for people that just wanted them. And then I started just a um, jewelry board at Sure House Coffee and that just kind of fueled everything. So I think the first little bit, I sold like $500 in products at the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Everything I made just went right back into the jewelry thing. I wasn't like doing it for profit or anything. I was just doing it for fun. And we had opened up the Etsy shop. I think this was like 2016. When did you start um, having things at the coffee house? What year was that? That was the same year. It was 2016. Okay. okay. And so I started... Like we started doing it that way and it was just like lots of leather stuff, like Mm -hmm. leather wrap bracelets. I made like faux flower earrings. So like out of like ribbon and Mm -hmm. I used a lot of beads. That was just kind of where I was at at that point. But there was no, no like meaning behind it. I was just doing it to do it. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like, well, if I'm going to actually continue to do this, I want it to have some sort of like substantial meaning. Like I would like to reach people for the Lord with what we're doing. Like Mm -hmm. that's kind of the goal. Everything in our life is that like, that's our goal is to reach more people for Jesus. So really prayed about it. And I talked to my husband about it and I was like, well, what if I went into floral stuff and I could be like able to help people when they're going through loss or getting married or anything like that? What if I do that? He's like, hold on a minute. (laughs) Like you already know how to make jewelry. Is there a way that you could incorporate that? into jewelry, your love for flowers and your love for all things nature. Could, do you think you could incorporate in, that into your jewelry? And so like, you were going to do something completely different. You were going with jewelry opposite to, direction. I have a talent. I want to reach people. I'm right. going to just do a business completely different completely to flowers. Different. Okay. Yeah. So I was going to, I, I honestly was thinking about taking like floral design classes and like mm-hmm. all the things because I, I'm an artist, like I have an artful eye. It's just something I've always done. Never Mm -hmm. thought I was going to do that. I thought I was going to be a nurse forever ago. (laughs) Like that was my whole plan when I was younger, but the Lord had different plans for me. So just kind of using that artful talent to figure out what exactly it was I was supposed to be doing. So it started off with like, I think we did just some pressed flowers from the yard. Like the first time they did not turn out, they were garbage. I didn't understand the resin casting and it took forever and it wasn't what I wanted it to be. And then, then I got it right. I started practicing little by little, figuring it out. And then I got it right. And how long was that process of figuring it out? How long did that take? Oh, so I started, let me see. I started doing that in April of 2016 I think I think that was no maybe it was the year after maybe it was 2017 it's really bad I'm bad with dates that's okay but then we ended up honing in kind of on on how it was going to work and like how these things looked and I think I had like four or five sales up until uh September of that year Mm -hmm. And it was mostly just like friends, like people who knew that I was doing this and they wanted to like buy something for me and support me. And then I made a few really cool pieces that I was really proud of. And I was like, wow, these are awesome. And that's still some of the ones we have in our shop today. Like my mm-hmm. resin has changed and stuff, but that hasn't. So 
The mustard seed was one of the very first things, and it was very, very impactful and very, like, spoke volumes because faith is the grain of mustard seed can move mountains, right? Mm -hmm. So that one, and then the Queen Anne's Lace, and that is just, like, a very precious flower. When we started off, it was just a pureness and stillness and, like, just being still kind of a, a conversation starter. And so I sent those... There's one person that I followed on Instagram and she was like one of my favorite people and she was so sweet. Her name's Erin and she, um, her handle is cotton stem and she was at like, I think 250,000 followers at that point in time. So I didn't even think anything of it, but I just emailed her and was like, Hey, I would love to send you something just to say thank you for being real. There's not a lot of people on social media in general that are real. Like Mm -hmm. you just don't find that. So I just wanted to send you a little thank you. Well, not thinking that she was going to shout my shop out, had no clue that was going to happen. So she got these pieces in the mail and she shouted them out. And that day, I think I got 70 orders. So that was that day. exciting or did you panic? I like, freaked oh out. Because <laughs> if I'm doing my math right, you've got like a oh, yeah. two-year-old and an infant at this point. This, that happened when, so he was, Jacob was, let me see, he's going to be eight. So I think he was four. He was, yeah, he was four. Okay. And then Grayson was very little. She, she was one. I don't know, maybe two. Maybe she was two at the time. Four, two, and then we actually had custody of my nephew at that point in time. Okay. So I had a five-year-old as well. So five, four, two. Yeah. And you had gone from just a few orders over the last six months. Yeah. And you knew how to handle that with a five-year-old, a four-year-old, and two-year-old yeah. to 70 in one day. Uh-huh. Wow. Yep. And it was insane. So we had, between October and the end of December, we had like $20,000 in sales. So I was like, what just happened? So it went from (laughs) like crickets, Mm -hmm. nothing, right, to all of this at once. And I was like, "Uh, okay, how are we going to do this? Yeah. Well, and and even for that, you were making your, you work at home, but when you had crickets, as you said, it was probably what, a corner of a bedroom or where did you work? Oh, it was, we were at my dining room table. Okay. Yeah. And then when that went that fast, yeah. were you able to stay at our dining room table or what did that look like? So we, we started off at the dining room table and I was like cranking these out because they, they all sold out, like everything that I had in stock sold out. Mm-hmm. So I actually then put up pre-orders that day because she like had shouted out. I'm like, well, okay, like I'll have people pre-order. I'm sorry I'm sold out, but I'll have you pre-order and I'll get it out to you as fast as I can. It went for me working at night you know, a few nights a week to every single night of the week till three in the morning, getting all these things done because I am the person where it has to be out and done. And you have, like, I, I have to be on top of it or Mm -hmm. I am like, not okay. (laughs) Like it has to be good. Well, my husband was amazing. He helped me like, especially at the beginning, he helped me package. He helped me cut. He helped me figure out all the logistics. Like he would cut chain for me. He was in there with me, like for the solid first few years that we were doing this. And it was amazing. And it was really good growing experience for us. And honestly, it was kind of an outlet. It was just that creative outlet for me. And it was fantastic. And it was really, really good. It got to the point where he was getting more burnout. And I was getting burnout because we're trying to do everything. So we do everything from cut the chain to, and putting together the actual like chain necklaces 
to making like creating the pendants with the resin. Now I purchased the bezel parts of it. So like mm-hmm. I work with an, other businesses in order to get those because I'm not a metalsmith. I don't know how to do that. Right. But I do know how to do the other part. So, but then from cutting our own cards and creating our own brand, all that stuff, we've done all of that. So like we cut our own ribbon, we do the, you know, all the things. And so we needed, it got to the point where we needed help. The first, the year after that first explosion, I think it was 2018, was really prosperous. Then 2019 was the same. So in 2019 for Christmas time, I had shouted out and I'm like, Hey, I need help. Mm -hmm. Like whoever can possibly like, if there's anyone in the area, I'm sending out an SOS. I would love to hire someone on as part-time, possibly more in the future. If it continues to go this route. Um, so were you still working until three in the morning oh, or yeah. what were your hours at that point? Yeah, it was, I was working until three in the morning. What we ended up doing was I would do like big drops. Mm-hmm. So I would make mass production of stuff. And then I do big drops into the shop and say, Hey, we're dropping in the restock tonight. Go ahead. And whoever wants to shop shop and I would go on and pray before. And then I would go and we would open the shop up. And that night we get between 150 to 300 orders. <laughs> and it was crazy. It was just like a constant, really, really busy and then get it all caught up and then close for a month or two, just so I could get my brain back because I, right. I was not functioning, but it kept me busy constantly. So I, and I needed that in my life at that point. I know I did. So it was really good. Um, but now we've honed in some of those things because I was offering every sort of extra you could possibly imagine and all these different products that not weren't necessarily moving, but I just had them and I had to keep making them. And it wasn't like how I was doing things was not effective. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of spinning my wheels and I was making way more work for myself than I needed to. Um, but you don't know that until you do it a different way and you're like, right. oh, why didn't I do this the whole time? So, Mm -hmm. so yeah, it was, it was really, it was really crazy. I was not expecting it. I kept, I kept expecting things to fall off and for it not to be busy Mm -hmm. and that never happened. And so it's still prosperous and busy and good, but I was able to hire on in 2000, end of 2019, I was able to have a helper, which was great. And then we hired her on salary in 2020, I think. Yeah. So. And you're still working out of your home. I'm still working out of my home. I'm assuming not your dining room table anymore. Okay. (laughs) We had a a front um, sunroom that we converted into my studio. So it was the kids' playroom for a really long time. And then Mm -hmm. we converted into my studio space. And so all of it's in there mm-hmm. and we work out of there. Well, that has to be inspiring yeah. in the sense that it's a sunroom. So it's probably yes. bright and yes. cheery and for a creative person kind of gets that. It is through. good. We live in the middle of the city mm-hmm. and my out my front window is just my neighbors. So that's a little mm-hmm. hard. <laughs> but, you know, I surround like in our home, we surround ourselves with like we have a lot of live plants and mm-hmm. flowers and I'm we cultivated a garden last year. We're going to do that again this year. Just a lot of things like you know, fresh lavender in the front, just things like that where it's very, it's very good, especially in the summertime when it is sunny and beautiful. Right. <laughs> the dreary days are hard, 
but we live in Ohio, so right. I mean that's just uh, going to come with the territory. But yeah. it is it's good to get my creative juices flowing. I think what has helped me the most is following like different artists, mm-hmm. especially watercolor artists. For some reason, there's just like a really big connection between the flowers and the watercolor artists that mm-hmm. have really helped me, like inspired me to do different things. So is that more of an inspiration for you or a collaboration with the products for each with each other? Um, I have, I have collaborated with my one friend, Sarah. She's the mint gardener. If you look her up, but she does beautiful watercolor and she actually had like a book that she published this year, which was mm-hmm. fantastic. And my daughter and I have been going through it, like learning watercolor from her, which is amazing. But she had pressed these uh, violas. They were tiger violas from her yard and I made butterflies out of them. And so we did a collaboration together yeah. and made like that for her specifically. And we had those for a while. But yeah, just able to reach other people that are like-minded and encourage women. Like that's what this mm-hmm. has become. It's It started off with all the different flowers and all the different things. And I feel like it's just been fine-tuned now to the things that people really are looking for. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that in the sales and you can tell that in the response. That's so what I was going to ask you. So the yeah. response is like, do you ever get responses from the particular verse that you put in there? Mm-hmm. Or I gave this to so-and-so. I received this from so-and-so who was going through this. And it helps you. I would assume your product feels so personal. And mm-hmm. it is personal the way you do it that you do get a lot of, of feedback. Is that true? Yeah, it is. And it's to the point where I, <laughs> like, I'm overwhelmed a lot of times with mm-hmm. with the responses that I get because I never thought that a jewelry company could be such a point of comfort and assurance for someone. Like, I never thought that. And that's what it's become. It's become just, like, something I couldn't have ever made on my own. So. So that has to be a good feeling because you know you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Even when it gets busy or crazy. Right. There's that. Yeah, I'd be like almost like a piece yeah. of this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to be doing, no matter how overwhelming it feels or whatever. Right. And well, the the biggest thing is, and the Lord always does this for me, like every single time. Right. I'm to the point where I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I'm frustrated. I'm tired. I feel like this is not happening. Like, or or we'll go through a slow time, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> what's going on? You know. And he'll send me just one person that's like, hey, thank you so much for doing this because, you know, my mom just found out, my, my dad was going through cancer and then my mom just found out over Christmas that she had cancer. This is something I just got this year. Oh, okay. Wow. My mom just found out that she had cancer and I had gotten her this necklace and I can't tell you how much it means that we have something to hold on to. And it's a necklace. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's a little mustard seed inside a polymer, like, mm-hmm. on, a, on a necklace. But it's it means so much. And then we've been able to partner with Forget-Me-Not Baskets, mm-hmm. which is a local organization that helps mamas and, and dads that have gone through infant loss or child loss. And we're able to donate to them. And so we donate Forget-Me-Not necklaces to them. And the amount of women who have reached out afterward and just said, I just needed something to hold on to. Like I left the hospital without my baby and I can hold on to this. It's just like, there's just little things like that all the time that the Lord is reminding me like, Hey, you're doing what you need to do. Like keep going, just keep going. And so, I mean, as hard as it is sometimes 
to you get selfish. I will just say that's where it's where it comes down to. It's like with this kind of a thing, especially when you're creative, you get so excited about an idea that you have, right? So you're like, all right, Lord, like you gave me this idea. This should go great, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's not how that works. People are looking for something specific because of, of something in their life that's going on. And they know, okay, this girl has a mustard seed necklace. It has a verse that goes along with it that can encourage this person. I want that. I don't want any of the floral things. It's it's fine. Like, it's cute, whatever. But that's not what they're necessarily looking for. There's a couple of them that are very, very meaningful that people want. But they're not just going to come and purchase something because it's new and it's like a creative thing that I made. There's mm-hmm. a few, a handful of people that are like my constant customers that mm-hmm. will come back specifically just because I put out something new, which is amazing. And I love mm-hmm. that I have that clientele. But the ones that mean the most to me are those people who are, they need that uplift. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, you know, this is my favorite gift to give because it can encourage them in the Lord. And it's like, okay, well, then I'm going to keep pushing toward that. And that's mm-hmm. the whole goal anyway. So is that a little bit frustrating though? Because you are creative and maybe you want to make another product that you can you know, envision, but people want these same certain things, or do you just chalk that up to this is the product that's meeting the need that people have, and that's what I want to do. Yeah. So, I would rather meet the need than than be seen at all. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the biggest thing that we have said from the very beginning is that this ever becomes about us and what we're doing we don't want to be doing it anymore. Like Mm -hmm. then the Lord needs to kill it because there's no reason for this to keep going. If it's not going to be bringing glory to him. Like, and I've prayed that way. I'm like, Lord, if it ever becomes about me, shut it down. Like I, Mm -hmm. I'm done. I don't want to do it. I don't want that to ever become the reason. And I know that that's why I've gotten frustrated in the past. And I would say the biggest thing is like when I've made something that's specific for someone else, People are like, wait a minute, like, can you make that for like everyone to buy? Because that is so meaningful. And so I think a lot of the pieces that I've gotten that have been great sellers were because someone else had a need and I met their need and other people have that same need. Sure. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I'd rather do something like that where I can be an encouragement across the board because I always can do my creative aspect comes out when I do customs for people. So mm-hmm. I have custom options always available. So people will send me wedding flowers or funeral flowers or just a special moment in life. And I can get creative with those mm-hmm. and they turn out beautifully. And I'm able to kind of harness that moment in those. And so I'd rather do something like that where I'm creating something artful specifically for that person mm-hmm. than try and do something that is artful, but it doesn't have any meaning to anybody. Right. <laughs> it doesn't sure. make any sense. Yeah. It's so, not what your purpose is for what you're right, doing. Right. So, and things will happen like randomly. So I did this like cottage in the mountains type of a deal over Christmas. And I was just messing around. Like I was going to make it an ornament and just see if people wanted it. And I'm, I showed the process of me doing it on our Instagram page. And I had 10 messages that day. Hey, are you selling this? Hey, are you selling this? Hey, are you selling this? And I was like, well, I was going to do an ornament. Like, oh no, I want it like as a necklace. 
I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so things that I didn't even think would anyone would ever want, mm-hmm. that's what people want. And so I'm like, okay. This is very confusing sometimes because yeah. you you seem to have like a good idea of what your following would want or what your your customers want. And then it's not not that at all. And so it's just like kind of a guessing game. Has social media helped take some of the guesswork out because you're showing stuff like you're saying and they're responding in a way you thought was different? You'd think that. Okay. <laughs> you'd think that. But you get a really good response on things mm-hmm. and then people will go to purchase and they don't. Mm-hmm. Like they, they'll say that they're interested in that and they love it and it's so pretty. But the actual like, hey, what are you wanting to purchase right now? It's usually not that thing. Mm-hmm. Like when people are going to go specifically look for something they'll go and look for something else. So I, I don't know what it is. It's like the more simple I make it, the better it is. Mm-hmm. Because especially with with everything that's going on, people want just something simple and easy and everyday. And if they're looking for a gift, they're not going to go and get something that's too like over the top. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, easy, simple. That's what I want. And I mean, I get it because that's how I am. I'm a jewelry maker who barely wears jewelry. So mm-hmm. I understand that need for something that's very like minimal and meaningful. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So do you sell your jewelry in any stores or is it all through like retail stores or is it all through your Etsy store? Right now it's all through my Etsy store. Mm-hmm. We do like little markets and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we did, we were thinking of going into a space, but just... It doesn't make sense because of how much business we already do. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really make sense. We'd rather just um, do things in our local community, like pop-up shops or mm-hmm. little things. Like we're, we're going to be at a church this week and do like a mini pop-up shop there just because they're having like a women's conference and okay. they wanted to have some local vendors there. Sure. So we are going to be there. But just little things like that where we can be in our community and affect our community and be like, Hey, if you ever need anything, like we are literally right here. Mm -hmm. But I will say the majority of our clientele lives in Worcester. Like we have quite a big following that will purchase from us a lot. And they're, they're around here, Okay, which is pretty cool. I think so too, because you, you have somewhat of a connection with them, even if you just briefly handed them, their jewelry at a pop-up shop or, you know, they were able, they bought it on Etsy, but they knew to be able to respond to you that they loved what you made versus like selling it at a retail store where you kind of have a little bit of that disconnect. Cause it sounds like you really love being able to make a difference in people's lives with what you do. It's been, it's been really cool. It's been really cool to watch just kind of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And I've had people, especially over the this whole crazy pandemic thing, they're like, we know we don't sell anywhere, but we really need it like tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, do you have it? And I'm like, yeah, you come do porch pickup, you know, that's mm-hmm. fine. So I started even doing that this year, which I would never have done in the past because I just not super comfortable with that. But it was mm-hmm. one of those things that I got a little bit convicted about hospitality wise, where it's like, hey, this is a business. If anything were to happen, like it would, be, it's going to be okay. Like kind of a thing. And so we just started doing porch pickup where I would have bags ready for the people on the porch. They came, pick it up and go. And mm-hmm. they wouldn't have to worry about shipping and all the extra. And especially if they're local, it just sure, doesn't make, make sense. sense. Yeah. I'm going to have to ship it to them. So yeah, it's, it's been a good like learning experience mm-hmm. and definitely humbling because there's times where you're like, 
I don't understand what's going on. Like you can't, I can't count on a specific paycheck. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of a stressful thing too, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Sure. And even when the pandemic hit, like when that everything started and everything was shutting down, I had talked to the girl that works for me and I'm like, listen, I was like, I'm going to keep you on as long as you're okay with that. I was like, as long as I possibly can. I was like, if for some reason I can't keep you on, I'll tell you. I was like, Mm -hmm. but don't, I don't want you to think about it. I don't want you to worry about it. I was like, I, it's going to be okay. Like the Lord's going to take care of it and whatever. And we just trusted him through it. And he did like, Mm -hmm. I, it was like strange how busy we actually were in spite of the circumstances. Yeah. And so I think just kind of resting and, in that and what he has for our company has really been helpful. And I know a lot of people would say that's a bad business model, but I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like that's where we're at. It's well, when like, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and right. you know that, I mean, it's not going to be perfect and roses no. all the time, but you can rest in the fact that you know you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Right. And I think, Ruthie, we've had a lot of women here who said 2020 was our best year ever mm-hmm. or whatever. And they were all that same you know, trusting Mm -hmm. idea of, and you know, not that that means everything's going to be perfect, but I'm sure there was comfort in knowing, okay, I put this in your hands, you know, you got designed this for me. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And that has to be, take a little bit of pressure off of what will happen or will it fail or not fail or whatever. And it just seems like that with everything in our life. It's like, Mm -hmm. he's prepared us for whatever is coming anyway. Mm -hmm. Like, so whatever that was, is looks like whatever, that's going to be, you know, it's definitely, it opened up my eyes, especially that I want to be able to invest more in the women that are around me, mm-hmm. um, in our community and in our actual area. Like, cause before it was a lot more impersonal cause all of the women that I reached, like, I didn't really know anybody. Like I, mm-hmm. I was talking to all these women across, you know, the United States and other places like, you know, people bought stuff from like South Africa and Australia and stuff that I was talking to these women that are everywhere, but the connection, like I didn't actually have a personal connection with these people because I don't actually know them. You know, Mm -hmm. they're not around and I couldn't like be like, Hey, you're struggling. Like I, I want to be there for you. Like, so, or how can I pray for you? And I, and we still do that. Like we will pray for everyone and anyone who ever says, Hey, listen, we're going through this. Can you really, can you pray for us? But to be able to have a direct connection and to like be involved in those lives, it's a really big deal. And we've been able to do that a lot more this year, which is really a nice thing. So, yeah. So I'm assuming that you consider yourself, you know, cause you are a businesswoman and entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Do you consider that that is, your focus or is it more like a mentor supporter to the women who buy jewelry from you? And the business part is like a byproduct of that. Like if somebody asks you to explain what you do in 30 seconds on an airplane, how would you word that? (laughs) Um, I think the first thing out of my mouth would be I'm a mama Mm -hmm. who makes jewelry and loves on people. Mm-hmm. that's how I would explain myself. Like I, I've never, I'm one of those people who has never uh, known a stranger. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm that person. I'm that, like you can start up a conversation with somebody and everyone's like, do you know that person? I'm like, nope, sure don't. I just mm-hmm. met them like right now, but that's just who I've always been. I'm very comfortable with that. And that's always been one of those things where I, I love to 
help and encourage and strengthen. Mm -hmm. And Erin's that way as well. The girl who works with me now, she's amazing. We have the same heartbeat. She's like an extension of me. Mm -hmm. And so I think to be able to work with her, like for her to be able to come on and be that extension, I've had her take over a lot of the social media because I just couldn't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm so much more focused on this personal thing now right sure the social media got to the point where it just was not a safe space it Mm -hmm. just isn't it's a it becomes a comparison game it becomes a checking to see who liked what and who like wants what and what's going on instead of it just being like a prayerful like okay lord what who am i going to be encouraging this week and what do you have for me it just became like a constant hanging over your head having to know what's going on type of a deal. And so I handed it off to her cause she's, she's not the owner of the business. Mm-hmm. And when you're not the owner of the business, you can kind of disconnect and be sure. like, okay, this is what we have to put out there and whatever happens happens. And right. that's really been good because I've had like a huge weight lifted off from my chest. Mm-hmm. So that's been awesome. But even her heart for these women, you know, is amazing. And she's helped connect me with more of the community because she is very connected in Worcester. Okay. Like I am not because I go to a really teeny tiny church mm-hmm. and I used to be a little more connected because when I worked at Surehouse Coffee, I knew everybody. I saw everybody mm-hmm. all the time, sure. you know, and I worked on Saturday mornings. So like they were like, oh, hey, how are you? Like, and I would talk to people all the time. And I, I think 2020 did big damage in personal relationships. It was just not a good thing. And so just that yearning to rebuild some of that and to Mm -hmm. really get connected and to really reach women, like that's where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know with somebody working for you, my guess is that you're probably not working until three o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. So how (laughs) do you, and you're homeschooling, you have three small, I mean, your son's seven, but still Mm -hmm. young kids. You have somebody working for you. How do you how do you do that? Like, is it completely separate where the kids, this is mom's work time. You don't come in here or this is our school time. I don't work. Or how do you do that? How do you make that work? 100%. So I now have a work phone and I have my regular phone, which is Mm -hmm. a dumb phone completely. Like it, you can call me on it. That's it. There's no, like even the texting is a pain. So I, I separated that because I found myself getting sucked in because my business is also on my phone. And I found myself getting sucked into all of it, like the emails, the the Instagram, the Etsy store, like and just keeping up with all of the things all day long. Sure. That's exhausting. You can't do that. You have to have time, especially at home. I wasn't able to separate my life from my work for mm-hmm. a little while. And it was all meshing together and it wasn't healthy for me or for my kids or for my husband. It just wasn't good. Right. And work is something that if you don't intentionally shut it down, especially when it's in your home or your business, it can just keep going. Right. And I will say, and I don't know, I I think that God made us differently because men can kind of compartmentalize things and Mm -hmm. they can leave it and be good. And I'm not that way. Like Mm -hmm. I cannot shut it off sometimes. Yeah. So my kids, we usually school from like nine, nine 30 to lunchtime Mm -hmm. and we're done for the day. Like, because that's, that's all we really need to get their stuff done. They're still really smaller. So I have a second mm-hmm. grader and a kindergartner. Mm-hmm. So it's not super hard to get all of their schoolwork in in those hours during the day. And we do that four days a week. And then on Mondays, I work 
from one to five with Aaron, and that's where we get a ton of stuff done. So that's usually our big day where we get all of the orders shipped out. Um, and if we have time, depending on how many orders we had that week, we start brainstorming. And then on Fridays, we also have a work day where it's just a two hours in the morning, around two to three, depending on schedules. But the only one that's allowed in my office is the tiny one because he will go wherever he wants to go. Yeah. But so they know when mom's in the office, mom's in the office. Yeah. We don't go in. There. It's time mm-hmm. for mommy to work. We're either going to play quietly or, you know, some, there's movie days, like mm-hmm. there's things like that. It's not too bad because my husband, so on Mondays, my husband gets home from work usually around 3.15. Okay. So he takes the kids from that point and then I have the extra two hours to just do things without being sure. interrupted. Plus you have a helper, so you're getting yes. much more done. Yes, way more done. And she's fast. Like mm-hmm. she she can do everything except for the actual making of the pieces. Like she does everything. She knows how to do everything else, which is okay. great. Mm-hmm. So whatever I need her to help me with, she she does while she's there, which is great. And then I have we started doing Tuesdays where um, my husband will take my daughter to ballet and he'll take the boys with him. And that'll be my two hours where I can either like set up what I need to do for like making more pieces or actually make them like, you know, it's like a two hours of work time for me by myself without interruption, which is needful. And then one or two other nights a week, I'm in my studio casting and making things, but it's not nearly as long because I would Sometimes not even start till 11 o'clock at night and then I wouldn't end till three in the morning. It just, that doesn't work. And I can't do that for a very long stretch of time. Right. During the holidays, that still happens because we're so busy during the oh, holidays. Oh, sure. Yeah. And that's fine. It, I'm okay with doing it for a short season, especially when it's a busy season. Right. But an all the time thing, it just, it, it got to be not reasonable. So now it is. Now we, now we've figured out a schedule. We figured out like what we need to get done ahead of time, on the slow times, what do I need to make so that I don't have to worry about it when we start getting busier. Mm-hmm. So we've done all those things. So, yeah. That it, that works out really well, how you have it almost like down to a system, like this works and this is what I'm doing it. And mm-hmm. are you naturally a night person or was that something that you had to figure out? Because I'm a morning person. I would be like nine off to sleep by one o'clock in the morning if I did that. Yeah. Well, I want to be a morning person. Okay. <laughs> I am not a morning person. Um, I used to, um, when I worked when I was younger at the hospital, I would be up by 5 a.m. I would be at work by 7 Mm a.m. And I was off to the races, like doing my thing. But I'm not like that anymore. I we are we are more night owls. My husband's always been a night person, Mm -hmm. always. And when this business happened, I ended up being a night person. Actually, I think it was when I became a mom. Yeah, because they, my kids, just their hours are always wacko. So, and I was not great with like following some sort of sleep training schedule. Like that's not who I am. I'd love to be that person. Not me. Um, so I, my kids now, my big kids go to bed around 830 to nine at night. Mm-hmm. My little one sometimes will go to bed at eight and, but then he'll be up by like 1230. And he's like, hey, mom, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Go back to bed. <laughs> but there, so it's just, uh, I am, I'd love to be a morning person, but I'm still not sleeping fully through the night yet. So mm-hmm. I'm not there yet. Hopefully that will change in the next few years where I can start like little by little getting my 
mornings back into right. having a routine and all of that. But yeah. So mm-hmm. those night hours work for you if mm-hmm. you have to do it that way. Yeah, for right now. Do you ever see you hiring a second person and then you are even stepping back more? Mm-hmm. And Or do you, because you're doing the part that you love and you kind of have her doing other stuff, you, would you would you miss that, that hands-on part that you're doing? Um, I don't think I'd ever necessarily hire someone to do the resin piece of it mm-hmm. just because that's a very specific something that I love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that is the artistry part. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm not doing the artistry part, then I'm not actually doing my business at all. That, that to me is sure, like, that makes sense. That I, I don't think I'd ever hire anyone to do that. I could probably teach someone to do it, but then there's always that like thing in the back of your mind where you're like, okay, I'm going to teach this person to do this. Mm-hmm. And then what happens if they take it and run with it, which has happened. I actually had someone who completely stole some of my designs before. Oh, wow. And it was very frustrating because she asked me all this advice. And then I look and she's doing almost the exact same pieces as I'm doing. And so, so I... So it was someone that you knew and helped, not somebody who found you on social media. She found me it. on social media. Okay. But she was already a, a jewelry artist. But then she told me, like, she gave me the heads up that she was going to start doing some floral stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she's going to put her own spin on it. Don't worry. Like, it's it's whatever. She wants to do this with her daughter. But when you look at it and it's the exact same thing that you've made, I had to say something. I, I just couldn't, like, not say something. I'm like, okay, here's my, here's my thing. Because you keep asking me for this advice. And I am thankful to give you advice on how to do this. But it's really hurtful when I look at your pieces and they're the exact same thing as as what I'm doing like it's mm-hmm. like you took what I was doing and you just copied the entire thing down to like the shape of the pendant everything and so um that has happened to me in the past and I've had to really guard against some of that and people have asked me to like share all my secrets with them and I politely just said I'm sorry I'm just not comfortable doing that right because it will people will take advantage and and steal your designs. They'll do it. And Mm -hmm. so I've just really tried to be careful and mindful of that. And not that I think that I I know I'm not the only resin artist in this world and I am not even close to the best resin artist in this world, Mm -hmm. but it's just something that when you've put so much time and effort and thought into something and someone kind of tries to steal it, right? it gets a little like you kind of get heartbroken. (laughs) You're like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Really? Like why would I would never do that to somebody? Like if mm-hmm. I if I follow someone who's a resin artist, I would never take their design ever. Right. I, that would not even cross my mind. Would I get an idea from them and maybe expand on it? Sure. Great. Do that. Like I'm okay if you take something that I've done and you expand on it and do something different. Great. But don't take exactly what I'm doing and copy it. Like that mm-hmm. just isn't that's not okay with me. So, and that happens all over the board and you just have to be really careful and you have to guard against that. And, and it is flattery, but again, you just have to be careful. Well, it's also your livelihood and what you feel like you're supposed to do. And you don't want to have that taken away by, Mm -hmm. from stealing, you know, so that makes sense. Right. Well, I was going to ask you what the, um, maybe not regret, but the thing that you could change or the, 
almost like worst thing that happened to you. And then the best or a good lesson and a bad lesson. It sounds like maybe that negative lesson mm-hmm. would be giving so much to have somebody steal it. Would you say that's right. probably the, the negative thing you learned that you wish you could redo or what would that look like? I don't know if I would redo it. I think I would just be a little more cautious mm-hmm. with some of that negative lesson. I would just say getting caught up in a compa- comparison game that mm-hmm. I think that's very, very easy to do. And you, you can't like mm-hmm. you specifically are doing something for a reason and you cannot compare to what anyone else is doing. And so that, that is hard. And plus for a while there, I was trying to like take my cues from like all of these mega influencer bloggers on mm-hmm. how to like run a business. They don't run a business. They show people different things and, and show them all these products that they love, mm-hmm. but they aren't actually making a product and showcasing it and selling it. Like that's not what they're doing. Right. They're, they are just showing you something that you can buy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I had a really hard time separating that because for a while I felt like that's what I needed to do and how I needed to run my media outlet stuff. And I feel it because especially with my business, social media is a big part of it because you have to get out there. People have to see your product in order for you to sell something. But once I realized that that was what I was trying to do, we scaled back so much. Like I think we post three times a week, which Mm -hmm. is perfectly okay. And we're posting product and scripture. And that's how we're posting because that's what we're about. Mm -hmm. So why would we post a bunch of other stuff? That doesn't make any sense. Right. And technology has become this huge, awesome way to communicate. It's also become an overwhelming uh, chore sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I think that I would just say be cautious when you're doing those types of things because you can get very sucked in and caught up and that's not something you want to do. That's my biggest lesson I've learned for me at least to guard my mind and guard my heart against that specifically. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's one of the things that, that you felt like you did great and you'd want to share with somebody else? Like, you know, how you separate your office time and the kids and how that's worked mm-hmm. so well, that'd be a, a good win that you right. figured that out. What's a win that you would say was the best learned, the best lesson that you learned or something that you yeah. did well at? Uh, the best lesson I learned is to make your family, the priority, no matter what. Mm -hmm. It really doesn't matter what's going on with, like businesses will crumble sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that's not really the big thing, especially for me as a mom business owner, you Mm -hmm. know, they, I'm, I'm raising little people first and foremost. And I think that that's something that you can't like let go of. I, I got really frustrated actually. I was listening to, I don't remember her name anymore. The who who wrote Girl Wash Your Face? I don't know because I'm not a fan Rachel of her or that book. I got so frustrated. So because I was listening, I was yes, listening Rachel to Rachel Hollis. Yeah. yeah, Rachel Hollis. Okay, so I was listening to her book on audio because I was like, oh, this is supposed to be a great book like, yeah. for mom entrepreneurs. Like, I'm going to listen to this. And there are some of these things that she touched on. And I'm like, that is not right. Mm-hmm. Like I would never miss my son's birthday party to go to a convention center and not sh- make him know that he is very important, that he's loved. I, I mean, right. I, I just, I couldn't do that. Like there's certain things as a, as a mom and as a woman that I just could not do. 
mm-hmm. that because I don't feel like they align with scripture whatsoever. Like mm-hmm. our, our, my first and foremost job right now are those little people later on when, when they're grown up and they can take care of things and whatever, and I can go off and then, then that's my job to go and be this person, this blessing. And if I could call to a speaking engagement or whatever, fine, we'll, we'll go do that. Right. But I think the biggest thing for me is like, it's a family thing. This is a family thing. Mm-hmm. If we're going to do certain things, like it has to be, we have to be in the center of God's will, number one. And then have my husband has to be on board. My kids have to be on board. Like it has to be like a group effort. Like mm-hmm. life isn't like, it's all about relationships, right? Like life's mm-hmm. all about relationships. And so that is my first priority. And the Lord is my first priority. And I think putting him first and, and knowing like the hierarchy of everything, right? My husband and I talk about this all the time. It's God first. And then it's my spouse. Then it's literally everybody else. And then I'm last. And I'm okay with that hierarchy. Like I do not want to be, I don't want to be the first one I'm thinking about. Like how am I going to gain? How is that? That's not something. And when you put everyone else ahead of you, and when you put God first, he just takes care of the details. That's how, that's what I've realized in our entire life. If we put him first, he takes care of the details and we don't really have to worry about him so much. And so I think that's the biggest thing that he's shown us just through this, through life's little things that he just, we have to get out of his way so he can do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I feel that way about the business too, but I, I will say setting aside the time to focus on my kids and be intentional as a mom, parent, as a parent, homeschooling, and as a working person, separating it out and making sure that I'm not letting something overtake the other is a really big deal. Like I, I need, I need those concentrated times with my kids where I'm not interrupted. Mm-hmm. And so it's been really good to just, cause they've noticed a difference too, with me not having that phone on me. Like it's in my office plugged in when I am not working. And that's so good because they know I'm not going to get distracted and like not listen or not be focused. Like they look at you all day long, like all day long. And if your face is in your phone, you're not paying attention to them. And that's not saying that you can't like take your phone calls and do the things you need to do. Totally. You should be able to do that. Be like, hey, mommy just needs it. I'm going to be on the phone for a few minutes. You need to be quiet so mommy can talk to X, Y, Z. Right. That is completely fine. But having it be, hold on a minute, hold on a minute, hold on a minute, hold on a minute, hold all day long, Mm -hmm. which is what I felt myself doing for a really long time. I had to like completely just separate it. And it's helped a lot. Well, and the good thing is teaching them that same thing. Yeah. So, you know, so that when they're older, they can recognize to have that family time and, and, mm-hmm. and not have their phone in their face or mm-hmm. whatever. So mm-hmm. that's a good thing. It's kind of covering all areas for them. Yeah. And you had talked about the income being different at different times of year. Mm-hmm. So what, a, what's a, a budgeting tip? Mm-hmm. And I know I talked to my agents about this because in real estate, it's the same way, but what is a budgeting tip that you have found that has helped that for you guys? I don't actually take a salary from the business, which I mean, it just, we just don't at this point. That's not really our business setup, but 
when we have bigger months, we don't overtake from the business either. And so that's something that has really helped. Like we only really use what we need Mm -hmm. um, and we pour everything back into the business account. So there's a bank there. So I'm not stressed about, and that took years to do because for a long time we were just living from like, okay, well we have to pour this back into the business. We have to pour this back into the business. We have to keep, and we kept doing that um, until it built itself. And now that we have like this buffer, we just make sure that we have, when we need to do the purchases, we do them um, ahead of time so that we're not scrambling when it's time to make these big purchases. We have the money there and ready. Right. And you don't ever overtake. Like we, we do that in our personal life too. Like we have credit cards, but we pay them off every month. Mm-hmm. It's it's just the same thing. Like you make sure that you're not going into debt to do something unless it's like, unless you know you're paying it off within a certain time frame mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then we don't, we just don't do it because it doesn't make sense to um, cripple yourself basically. Sure. And so the business has built itself over time just by that principle of, okay, what we have, we'll spend and it took me a little while of just doing like, okay, I'll purchase 20 things at a time and make those 20 things at a time until it was banked up. And then we could buy bigger purchases and bulk purchases and just a lot more things at a time that we needed. Right. And now we just have like a whole store down our basement where I can just go grab what I need. And right. We sure. Can use it. There. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, we, we do that. And I, I would, I would suggest that in slower months, you just you do the minimum that you can like and get through those times with what you need okay mm-hmm. but then when and you have the extra that you can buy those things that you know are going to be helpful then you can do that when you actually have that surplus so yeah. but i think banking it is a really good way to like make sure that you're going to be all right for a while sure so and we don't make any big financial anything during January, February, March, <laughs> mm-hmm. ever. Those three months are rough. Like they're our slowest months every year. I can count on it. But then once May rolls around, like that's when our peak happens again, like April actually into May, because that's Mother's Day. We start oh, to yeah. see a climb mm-hmm. and then it'll kind of taper off a little bit during the summer. And then once October hits, we are like, crazy from October through December. Yeah. So we have to, we prepare all year kind of for Christmas. Yeah. Because it's crazy. I think a lot of of businesses like yours would, because that is that. And yeah, you guys have that additional mother's day. I didn't even think Mm -hmm. about that. So yeah. Anything else that you want to share with us before we wrap up or make sure we know or talk about? Not really. Just that. I mean, it's just been a blessing to be able to do this for as many years. Like I did really did not have any plan in, in doing this at all. Like this, I never even had thought when I was yeah, younger that I would be a jewelry maker. Like that wasn't something that I had thought about, but it was, it's been really a good learning experience and mm-hmm. strengthening. And I would say the biggest thing is when you have something that the Lord puts on your heart, just keep going until he shuts the door. Like keep walking in that direction. Cause if he shuts the door, then you can always go through the one he actually wants you to go through. But yeah, that's just kind of how we've lived our life. And good. Very good. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for Thanks. talking with us and sharing your story. Sure. Thank you for having me.
We all have a purpose and we have dreams to follow. To learn more about other women and their stories and their dreams, like and subscribe. Until next week, be a blessing to others.